Louise McSharry on 2FM. Now, though, I started following Seamus O'Reilly on Twitter, as many people did, when he tweeted a lengthy and hilarious story about a work experience he had with Mary McAleese. Uh, since then, he, I have been reading his weekly column about parenting in The Guardian, and now he has a book. It's called Did You Hear Mommy Died? It is absolutely gorgeous. Um, it's a story of growing up in Derry, a story of, of parental loss, and a story of growing up in a family of 11. Hello, Seamus. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me today. I have to say, I adored your book. Um, and Ooh. we'll talk about that in just a moment. But first, it, it was tw- I feel like I saw you tweet that Twitter was kind of the starting point for you in terms of getting this kind of work. Um, in a certain sense. I mean, by the time I did that uh, aforementioned thread. Um, tweet thread, <laughs> which um, people can check out themselves so that I don't have to uh, describe all of the contents. Um, but by that time, I did have a column in the Irish Times and I had a few other bits and bobs going, but I was very much, it was kind of part-time. I worked in a really crap, dead-end job. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people have that experience, um, living in London, working, putting numbers into big computer mm. and f- feeling creatively uh, unfulfilled, Louise. Yeah. And sometimes my creative energies would be spent just doing incredibly stupid things, um, which is where Twitter comes in handy. <laughs> um, and that was one of them. <coughs> but things did really, really pick up after that because I think something like 80 million people saw those tweets. And That's then wild, isn't it? It just kind of, it's, yeah, it snowballed. And some genius decided, hey, that guy was off his face with Mary McAleese that one time. <laughs> I wonder if you'd be good at writing about parenting. Um, <laughs> well, so you are, though. You are. I have really enjoyed reading your writing about, about your, your son and your relationship with him and watching him develop, probably because I have kids around a similar age. Um, but you are. But after reading this book, I think I'd read you writing about anything. Oh, that's very sweet. Just say more nice things like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have to say, I wasn't really prepared for how impacted I'd be by the book because it is, I mean, it's very funny. I laughed out loud a lot and we'll talk about some of the funny moments. But, you know, you really write so beautifully about your experience of, of your mom dying when you were five and about kind of processing that throughout your life. And uh, my biological dad died when I was three and I didn't realize how much I had still in me around that mm. until I read this book. And I feel like a lot of people are probably having that experience reading about it. What do you think? Oh, well, that's that's really lovely to hear you say. Um, <clears throat> it has been true. I mean, I've got an awful lot of messages from people who have reached out because they're having a similar experience right now, or they did mm. as kids, um, or they've suffered bereavement and, you know, it kind of keeps coming back to them in waves. Or even... <coughs> I've been hearing from people that I don't know, but who knew my mum uh, when she died. So, I mean, I suppose I should probably give um, some of the backstory of the book. Is It's foregrounded with my mum's death when I was five. Uh, she died at 43, very tragically, of breast cancer and left 11 kids and my dad. So my dad brought us all up, all 11 of us, um, in a very chaotic household um, with lots of you know funny <laughs> side effects, you mm-hmm. know. Um, in a big madcap house but also there's a lot of grief a lot of trauma and stuff we had to work through so Mm. um, I've been really really touched and moved by people getting in touch to say oh this is this reminds me so much of my family or this reminds me so much of my my parents family Um, Mm. especially because 11 kids thing you know the the 11 kids thing is kind of something people would associate maybe with our parents Mm. or grandparents generation yeah Um, so it's been it's been nice in that sense uh, that it's kind of connected people to experiences that you know are a generation removed as well. Yeah. Um, 
but it's been very it's been super overwhelming um you know i at times i was like am i just writing a very silly book filled with gags about something that isn't funny <laughs> you know mm. um but to to kind of get the sense that people are appreciating the tone and the balance between the the light and the dark because as far as i'm concerned you know if life contains both those things so should a story of that life I totally agree. And and I think some of the things that I related to were, you know, very honest acknowledgements of, you know, you, you, you write beautifully about memories, memories that you have of your mother and trying to kind of hold on to those. And you, you write at one stage, you say, you know, you're you're grieving her or remembering her in some respects without a memory of her. Um, and mm. I could really relate to that because I, re- I have I think I have one memory of my dad, like one. And I don't even know if it's real. And you write <coughs> about that too, about how, you know, you, you can't really tell how many of her memories are actual real memories or how many you've kind of made up yourself from hearing stories. And that is kind of, a, I suppose, a, a relatively unique thing for, for people who lose parents at such a young age. Yeah, and also to have so many people to compare yourself to in the pecking order who yeah. have, at every rung, they've got a few more memories, they got a few more, a bit more depth to their understanding of the person. So I was five, so I was the third youngest of 11. So there were eight older siblings than me, each of whom would have had a slightly bigger store of memories, perhaps. Mm. Um, and I grew up maybe feeling like oh maybe I, I there's a hierarchy of grief here um, mm. because I didn't know mummy as well maybe I can't grieve the same way which obviously is a preposterous notion on its face but when you're a kid and you're struggling through all this stuff you know you you can internalize a lot of things you mm. can feel maybe sometimes that it's that you're grieving for someone that you didn't really know or that there's a falseness to it yeah. um, and even to this day I always think you know when people ask me for advice if they're bereaved like in their mid-30s, like I am, or in their 20s, or if a teenager, it's a completely different experience, I think, each time. Um, and uh, there's loads of reasons why, yeah. uh, it, despite the fact having a, a mum die when you're so small is incredibly tragic and very sad, and I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. Um, there's also, there's some parts we think, well, maybe it would be worse if I was 15 or 25 or 35. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's really hard to know. Well, I thought there's a really beautiful um, kind of... St- story f- seems wrong because I'm referring to your life but there's a bit towards the end of the book where you you talk about being nine and you were very sick and you'd kind of stopped sleeping and you go to the doctor and the doctor says tell me Seamus what are you so sad about and you say I don't want daddy to die and and you burst into tears and that's four years after you lost your mom so you'd obviously on some level been carrying that around with you but of course you're so young how d- you can't express it really can you? No, and uh, like that wasn't the last of those kinds of explosions. I mean, I think that's that's the real uh, sort of sand and the ointment is like you have one of those, and then you're like, oh well, finally I've <laughs> I've I've finished it. I that's finished grief. Done. <laughs> I got I got to the last page of grief. Oh yeah. wow, well it's been tough, everybody, but thanks. Um, and then you just find three or four years later, or five years later, or ten years later, or you have little trigger points and flashpoints because it's just so complicated, and yeah. your brain is amazing um and very good at you know kind of mending after heartbreak mm. big big and small you know everybody who's ever had a a breakup knows that thing that some days are great and then some days you miss the person more than you did the day after you broke up yeah it's you know there are small and large versions of it so grief is the same you know you, yeah. it doesn't trace a linear path and sometimes you you'll just have those relapses where you you just don't you just don't know what's going on. You you can't yeah. feel the 
you can't feel the ground beneath your feet, really. Yeah. Um, I also thought you wrote brilliantly about managing other people's feelings or responses to your own tragedy, because I, I think that's something that's super relatable. Like, you know, for example, if you mention that your parent died when you were very small or any you have any kind of childhood tragedy, as I do as well, um, that it's going to change the vibe. And yeah. you need to be kind of <laughs> careful about when it comes up and how you manage it. I feel like you obviously learned to um, kind of manage those situations from, you know, from a very early age and are clearly very adept at it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, like, you start by saying, oh, I come from a big family. About 40 to 50% of the time, the immediate question is, oh my God, how do your mom cope? And then you have to say, well, sadly she died. Then that person feels like they personally have killed your mother. <laughs> so you have to you have to then fall back and say, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. It was a long time ago and you blah, blah, blah. But like, so now I would just say, well, <laughs> I'm from a very big family. Sadly, my mother died when I was very little. <laughs> and so it sounds like, I, I, when I say it, no, I, I sound like the guy doing the, you know, the terms and conditions at the end of like a pharmaceutical <laughs> ad. It's like, you know, it sounds it really insincere because it yeah. is just comes, it comes straight out of the clip. Yeah. You know, it's not, um, which is, it is kind of annoying, but also, I mean, I don't want to go around making people feel bad. No, I mean, exactly. I, exactly. <laughs> I wrote an entire book to make people feel bad. Um, <laughs> Well, even though you describe being on the playground or like, you know, whatever with friends as a teenager when the, your mum jo jokes start and then, you know, suddenly someone says it to you and all the other guys are like, ah, that's bad now. You can't do that to him. Yeah. Oh, I used to hate that because I didn't care. Like, that is such a weird misconception that they would say like a, your, your ma joke, like, you know, your ma's ex, whatever. Yeah. She's so big. She has her own postcode or something, yeah. right? Those kinds of things that used to go in the playground. And like the idea that I'd be offended by that, yeah. like the idea that I'd be like, oh my God, you said that about my actual mother. My dead died, mother. She's she's actually dead. And you said that she's really fat. <laughs> um, like, I just don't get that. But like these very same people who'd be so worried about that would always complain about their mums and always say, oh, my mum's this, that and the other because she mm. didn't you know, give me this thing that I wanted. And I'd be like, you know, that's the thing that annoys me. Yeah. Is you hearing you whinge and moan and complain about your saintly mums. Yeah. You're like the nicest women I've ever met in my life. Yeah. And you just treat them like absolute garbage. Mm. I, I'd go to their houses and they just like throw their bags and, you know, I'd be, I was very much that, um, oh, he's a very nice young man, isn't he, Seamus? <laughs> I was that, that kid. Probably yeah. because I was so like intrigued by, by mum seeing yeah. them in the wild and seeing them kind of do their business. It was yeah. like going on safari and saying, oh, there's a mum in her natural habitat, <laughs> holding clothes. Well, I have to say, obviously, the background of Derry throughout the book is wonderful. And I feel like I learned a lot about Derry and its culture. I have learned, I have to say, a lot from our regular contributor, Aoife Grace Moore, on the show as well. The Beyonce mm -hmm. of Derry, you may know her. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, but you write so brilliantly about Halloween. My husband and I were listening to the audiobook, and you were describing Halloween and Derry. And we were, I mean, I thought we might have to pull over. We were laughing so hard. I did not know <laughs> that Halloween was so big in Derry. Oh man, it's it's huge. And I actually saw Aoife there on Twitter yesterday, um, acting as my uh, co-signee to that. She was <laughs> she was my uh, uh, sworn-in witness and said, yeah, it's huge. It's massive. There's something like 100,000 people in Derry anyway. That's the population. And an extra 100,000 come for the festivities over the course of that weekend. Like, it's massive. Um, and everyone dresses up. Everyone dresses up. Like, I, I believe... I believe in... in when I was in primary school, uh, you'd all you'd come into school and everyone would be dressed up. And then I think now, like people actually get the day off afterwards, so wow. like it's even bigger. So um, 
every every cashier in every shop, every bus driver, post office. Um, <laughs> I think Eva said yesterday she was once walking home and she saw a, a bird's eye fish finger having a fight with Postman Pat. I think <laughs> it was. <laughs> but you do, you know, you get your glasses. You know, you can go for an eye check and it'll be Dracula is giving you your you know, test in the opticians. Like, I the need to. I need to go. Like. Yeah, the nuns in my school were dressed as like zombies and, you know, pirates and everything. So it wasn't, it was every, you would actually look weirder walking around in normal clothes. I am um, so here for it. And I'm not going to give it away, but there is one costume that you describe, which I mean, honestly, nearly did me and I'll never get over it. Um, <laughs> uh, we ha we're we tied for time, which is so unfortunate because there's so much I want to ask you. And I, I'm going to end on a serious question. And I'm sorry about that. But it's it's something that I think about myself. Um, you know, you have a son now and I'm wondering, mm -hmm. is having him watching him get older, is that bringing up new stuff for you in terms of your own loss? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, especially because um, I see things more through his eyes now because, you know, he's getting to that age where I can kind of remember being his age. You yeah. know, he's just turned three there last month. So, you know, I can remember being three. Um, I could remember being two or a baby. Um, so that's kind of interesting. And also just seeing that he has, you know, both of his parents yeah. and a very small family. You know, it's very different. Uh, but... Yeah, generally it's it's been really uh, inspiring and incredible like mm. having a child mm. and probably has allowed me to reach some of the deeper wells because since I've had a kid, I'm, I'm a very easy crier. Yes, you know, me like too. My, my eye is very close to my bladder these days. It's great. <laughs> I can stick me in front of a Pixar movie and a box of tissues and I, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I'm just like, bleh. So I think that sort of emotional maturity that hopefully comes with such a big thing yeah. uh, I think definitely informed the book and made the book a lot better to be honest yeah yeah well I certainly I mean when I was reading it I was thinking about my son you know if I died and you know what it would be like for him and I think you know it, that is always when you have a dead parent and particularly I think if you don't have loads of memories of them there's that mm. feeling when you become a parent there's that feeling of sadness for them for what they lost and you know how sad you would be if you didn't get to see your child grow up and yeah. you know it's so complex um I, I, that I, I'm not surprised that that having your little guy has had an impact <laughs> there Seamus I cannot recommend the book enough like truly I, I like we laughed we cried it's a brilliant read it's called did you hear mommy died it's by Seamus O'Reilly who, who, as I said, I would read anything you wrote, Seamus. Um, do you think you'll do oh. another one? I know this one is only out, but would you? Well, the events of this book stop when I'm 11, so there's room. So who knows? Excellent. Um, Good news. I, I just say everyone has to buy multiple copies and then we'll see. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, get buying. <laughs> Seamus O'Reilly, thank you so much. I hope you have a great day. Oh, thanks for having me. Thanks bye -bye. a million. Bye-bye. Louise McSherry on 2FM.